Chick. And J Dub. And welcome back to Vamtober. Ha ha ha. <laughs> 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 wow. We hope you're enjoying Vamtober up to this point. I know that we are. Uh, October for the United States of Paranormal has, uh, you know, it's only our second October as the United States of Paranormal, but man, we've had a lot of fun. Last year we did Daltober. And it was so much fun to watch Alicia be completely fucking freaked out by dolls. Almost as much fun as watching J-Dub freaked out by aliens. Fuck that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, we're having a great time doing Vamptober this year. We hope you're enjoying it. You know, you still have uh, the Rocker Chicks vampire story today. Uh, Logan's is going to be next week, and then Halloween, we're having our Halloween chiller filler. Yeah! We're going to get double dose, or almost triple dose of the United States of Paranormal that week, because on Saturday will be the other side, and then Halloween will be the chiller filler, and then Wednesday, which will be November 1st, we'll be back to our regular scheduled program with J-Dub telling us about... Whatever it is that she's got on the agenda. <laughs> Not <I'm> telling. <laughs> we like tune to in. we like to yeah, keep it suspense. Suspenseful. But you know who else is doing uh uh October stuff? That would be the golden eighties going over Halloween stuff. They've covered Michael Jackson's thriller video and um the nineteen eighty two Tylenol murders in Chicago. Ooh. And they're going to be covering, if they haven't already, um, well, in podcast world, I'm not sure what's (laughs) what's where, so you have to forgive me. But uh, they're going to be covering Ozzy Osbourne. And, of course, we're going to end on one of the most terrifying movies of all time, A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes. So if you get a chance after you're done listening to the United States Paranormal Jump over and check out the Golden 80s with Golden Jay and Frankie Vegas. You'll fall in love with Frankie Vegas. He's just a lovable guy. Just lovable. He's lovable. Him and his his lisp and his... um, What what else does he say he has? He has speech impediment. He can't hear. Uh, but yeah, go check out the Golden Eighties uh, when you're done with today's United States Paranormal. There's about 20 episodes on there. Catch up on some really cool shit. Yeah. If you like the Eighties, who doesn't like the Eighties? Yeah. Everybody loves the Eighties. 
Everybody loves the 80s. Oh my God, we gotta stop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> sorry, guys. I'm not sorry. For those of you who haven't turned off your radio, <laughs> we're happy you stuck around. Um, so, uh, you know, we always start with emails. Um, uh, a couple weeks ago, just before the call guys went on hiatus, they had an episode where they talked about uh, all of the uh, shows in the Empire. So they kind of went, they spent their entire episode just talking about all the shows. And as they talked about each show, they emailed each show. Hmm. So we're going to get to the email from the call guys. Okay. Right. It's entitled... Keep it spooky. (laughs) (laughs) It says, Team (laughs) Booyers. Does that sound about right? I mean, it's a lot of O's and a lot of S's. Okay. Um, You got the... Sounds like a horse. (laughs) (laughs) Wilbur. (laughs) Wow. It does too, didn't it? Hmm. Famous Mr. Ed. Um, please keep the fleet afloat while we are taking care of our new crew members. Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, one of the new crew members has uh, been born, and I, I'm not going to say it, but congratulations to one of the um, call guys uh, hosts, and the other one will probably be saying congratulations next, <laughs> next yeah. episode. So, yeah, yeah. Um, if you don't know, both Colton and Gunner are expecting. And uh, what a cutie! Yeah. What a cutie! Yes, the first baby, the baby girl is out, and she is adorable. <laughs> um, it says, uh, Emperor, suck it, <laughs> <laughs> rocker chick. Love you, Mom. Aww. Uh, J-Dub, please check out Aliens Exist by Blink-182. Really? Did you go check it out? Yes. Yeah? Yes. I gave her a little prelude to that so she could go listen to it so you could talk about it. Nothing? (laughs) Did you not like it? No. Did you not like the song? Mm No? I mean, it's... Catchy, but no, I don't like anything aliens. Oh. <laughs> and then what you told me after. So if you don't know, uh, Aliens Exist is a song that Tom uh, wrote for Blink-182. Tom is obsessed with aliens and actually left Blink-182 for uh, a time to go alien chasing. And he spent some time out just, you know, hunting for aliens. I don't ever know what happened to him whatever became of it, but because um, now Blink-182 is back together and they're touring again. I know I went with Colton and Gunner to go <laughs> see him in Chicago and it was fucking great. He's probably an alien now, though. You know, you said that and it could very well be. He could have been abducted and replaced. Mm-hmm. He still sounds the same. Do they mimic like that? They per- could, I mean, his, probably. His voice is, a, when he sings, Tom has a distinct voice when he sings. It's fucking amazing. I just went through a whole Blink thing in the house before you got here. I was, like, watching all these videos and shit. <laughs> they got a new song out. Um, uh, I think it's called One More Time. And it basically, you know, they broke up and they were fighting. And they came back together to do the tour because their bass player, Mark, uh, got cancer. Oh. 
And as Tom said, you know, nothing else in the world matters when one of your best friends is now sick. And so they're back together touring. Well, they're they're going to release a new album, I believe, and this new song is out. And it's kind of that. It, it honestly is a love letter to each other. You know, it's like why do why do we fight? You know, why do strangers become friends, become strangers again? And hmm. so go check it out. Blink's new song is fucking outstanding. And if you're even partially a Blink fan, it'll it will be very emotional to watch it because it's it's really a great video. So go check it out. Uh, it also says keep up the great work. So call guys are rooting for us to keep up the good work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks. Good, good. Um, and every, and every uh, email that they sent out, there was a secret PS that they didn't talk about in the show. Okay. Okay. And our PS is, let me ask you this. <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear that? It's the winds of change. Name that movie. I originally went to, you know, your old standby, uh, what, Toy Soldiers? Yes. No, that's no. Not, that's not Small it. Soldiers. Small Soldiers, yeah. but that's not it. That's not what it is. No, it's not, it's not what it was. So, what was it again? Um, d- uh, do, did you hear that? It's the winds of, ch- it's the wind of change. I don't know. I did some searching on it because I don't know either. <laughs> oh, you cheated. I did cheat because I, I don't know. I believe that is from Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> and I can't remember specifically where he where he says of that, but uh, yeah, I, I do believe it's from Monsters, Inc. And, you know, they'll correct me if I'm wrong. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah, I'm they sure will I'll get definitely. an email. The United States of Paranormal <laughs> at gmail.com. You can go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> what was that was that right i think so yeah j-dub's over there googling it she's got her phone in her hand she's going to town that's what i did i googled it so there you go there there is your letter from the call guys i did respond with um no worries uh, we know how to keep the boat sailing you guys uh Go uh, take care of those new crime members and future Chiefs fans. Because <laughs> you know Baby Keel is going to want to cheer for a winning team. Uh. And you know that the rocker chick loves you both. And Colton, suck, suck it. it. <laughs> <laughs> P.S. Monsters Incorporated. Mike, what's nice. up? The small soldiers thing was... There's something in the There's trees. There's something in the trees. And no, no, it's says, just a wind. No, it's just a wind. Yep. Did you ever see Small Soldiers? Is it scary? Kinda. A little bit. Toys come to life and fight each other. I mean, if you think Toy Story was, you know, a little spooky, then yeah. No. Small Soldiers might be too, so. Puppet Master. Yeah. Didn't uh, didn't really enjoy Puppet Master that much. <laughs> Uh, I say that, and I'm going to hear it from a Logan because oh, yeah, he, he is a it. diehard po- uh, Puppet Master fan. So, so is my husband. Right on. Well, there you go. He really liked that one, huh? Yeah. Her sister bought all of the puppets. Ew. And had yeah, them in the house. Yeah, my sister loved Puppet Master. Yeah. Gross. So, there you go. <laughs> Hey, if you uh, uh, haven't checked out uh, some of our postings on Facebook lately. 
uh, go check them out. We have our movie lists are going up as each week comes out as we present um, on Thursdays. When this come out, we'll have uh, who's ever presenting's favorite movie list. So uh, J Dubs and mine should be up on there. Rocker Chicks should be up as you're listening to this podcast. Um, and also, we're going to put out um, a Spotify playlist and probably a YouTube playlist of all of our favorite uh, kind of spooky Halloween or whatever, you know, songs that mean something that's a little creepy. You know what I'm saying? I my list. Let me give you a couple. My list has uh, "Trick or Treat" by Fastway, which comes from one of my favorite movies, "Trick or Treat" from '86, I believe, with uh, Mark Price, Gene Simmons, and Ozzy Osbourne in it. Um, and uh, J Dub's got a uh, little uh, Alice Cooper on her list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember what else was on there. A little piece of heaven from Avenged Sevenfold. Sevenfold. Yep. Yeah. Um, uh, Rocker Chick's gonna have uh, what do you got? Some uh, um, I'm I have to... Vampire by uh, the, yeah Olivia Rodriguez. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and the Scooby Doo theme song. And the Scooby Doo theme song. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. So yeah, go check those out. Those are gonna be on our Facebook and our Instagram. So um, you can go check them out and look at our favorite songs. I do want to mention one of the first ones on mine is a song called Cassie which is by Flyleaf, and they wrote it about a girl who died in the Columbine shootings. And I, it's always been kind of that creepy, emotional song for me. I, I mean, I really like Flyleaf, and I love that first album that they put out, and I think that song resonates a little deeper knowing that that's what, uh, hmm. what it's about. So, you know, go check it out. Go check it out. Do it. Do it. Do it. All right, J-Dub. What do you got for me? Let me ask you this. <laughs> Riddle me this. Riddle Uh-oh. me this. Who makes it has no need for it. Whoever buys it won't use it. Who uses it won't care except vampires. Oh. What am I? That's an easy one. I know that one. Oh, the rocker chick is thinking hard about this one. So the person who buys it doesn't use it. Who makes it? Oh, sorry. Get it right. <laughs> who makes it has no need for it. Yep. Whoever buys it won't use it. Who uses it won't care except for vampires. What am I? <clears throat> I don't know. Don't know? No. The brain is on shutdown. It, it is. You sorry. realize that you're helping fuel the time the time machine DeLorean because people are screaming at the radio right now going, come on, Rocker Chick, you know this I one. I don't know it. Can I say it? Sure. It's a coffin. Yeah. Casket, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Yep. 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 It makes it, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, buys it, uses it. There you go. Yep. It's a coffin. Coffin. Dracula uses it. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> vampires, <laughs> not just Dracula. Well, not all vampires use coffins, though, do they? Some like hang from. Cool vampires use coffins. Some vampires sleep in a bed. Oh, you're talking about Edward? No. <laughs> vampires don't sleep. <laughs> Well, if you go by the myth of it all. I well, I mean, no. I mean, the myth of it all, they do. I mean, they do sleep. 
Because they have coffins. They they sleep during the no, day, right? No, they shut themselves in, but they don't sleep. Oh, what do they do? It's like they take a Rubik's Cube in there with them or something they like col- that? They color. <laughs> <laughs> they spend all night looking for just the right pages. Are they? <laughs> or they have eye spies. Oh, shit. That'd yeah. Be, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A little mad magazine going on in there. <laughs> Oh, wow. Are they looking at yearbooks, seeing who they want to go eat next? Yeah. Really? (laughs) Maybe. Damn. They're pondering what they're going to do. I mean, come on. Why not? darkness comes out. What what would you do? If you had to, I mean, okay, let's let's say in the summertime, it's longer daylight, so you're having less nighttime. That's a lot of time just to sit in there and ponder what the fuck you're going to do when you get up, especially if you don't sleep. Right? And they might not have any, like, sense of time since they've been alive for so long. True. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't either. It's just something now that I'm going to have to think about. (laughs) Huh. Hmm. 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 Maze. Well, when you meet a vampire, ask him. Ask her. Oh, it's going to be, there I'm going to meet a female vampire? Is that what you're saying? I said him or her. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to let that go. Mm. Are you ready to get into your story for today? Yeah. I think so. I'm actually going to tell you a story. I'm excited. I haven't, I haven't heard <clears throat> this story yet. I'm, yeah, it's. It's different, but hey, hey, it's it's a story, and it's called the true story of a vampire. Oh, Ooh. all right, the true story of a vampire. It takes place in Syria. Vampires generally arrive at night in carriages drawn by two black horses. Our vi- vampire arrived by the means of a railway train, and in the afternoon. You must think I am joking, or perhaps that by the word vampire, I mean a financial vampire. No, I am quite serious. The vampire of whom I am speaking, who laid waste our family and home, was a real vampire. Vampires are generally described as dark, sinister-looking, and slightly handsome. Our vampire, just slightly. (laughs) Our vampire was, on the contrary, rather fair and certainly was not at first sight sinister looking. And though decidedly attractive in appearance, not one would call him handsome. Yes, he desolated our home, killed my brother, the one object of my adoration, also my dear father. Yet at the time, I must say that I myself came under the spell of his fascination. I got a spell on you. <laughs> and in spite of it all, have no ill will towards him. Now wait a minute. No. She, he killed her brother and her father, and yet she has no ill will? No ill will towards him. I'm assuming it's a she. Is it a she? Yes. Okay, sorry. Yes. She's under a spell. Yeah. That's true. And so vampires do that, though, don't they? They have that Probably. little... Maybe. You're under they my possibly spell. could. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry. 
It was a car alarm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I am old now. What happened then when I was a little girl of about 13, I will begin by describing our household. We were Poles. Our name was Ronsky. We lived in Syria where we had a castle. Our household was very limited. It consisted with the exclusion of domestics, of only my father, our governess, a worthy Belgian name, Mademoiselle Vernette, my brother, and myself. Let me begin with my father. He was old, and both my brother and I were children of his old age. Of my mother, I remember nothing. She died in giving birth to my brother, who was only one year. Our father was studious, continually occupied in reading books, chiefly on subjects, on recondite subjects, and in all kinds of unknown languages. He had a long white beard and wore habitually a black velvet skull cap. How kind he was to us, it was more than I could tell. Still, it was not I who was his favorite. His whole heart went out to Gabrielle, her brother. My brother, who had a a resemblance to the only portrait of my mother, a slight chalk sketch which hung in my father's study. But I was by no means jealous. My brother was and has been the only love of my life. It is for his sake that I am now keeping in Westbourne Park a home for stray cats and dogs. So she's a crazy cat lady. Well, dog lady. <laughs> you, you, you will, you'll figure it out in a minute. Okay. <clears throat> I was at that time, as I said before, a little girl. My name was Carmela. My long tangled hair was always all over the place and never would comb straight. I I know that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) I was not pretty, at least looking at the photograph of me at that time. I do not think I could describe myself as such. Yet at the same time, when I look at the photograph, I think my expression may have been pleasing to some people. Irregular features, large mouth, and large wild eyes. I find it difficult to describe my brother, Gabrielle. There was something about him strange and superhuman. He had large, wild, gazelle-like eyes. His hair, like mine, was in a perpetual tangle. That point he had in common with me. And indeed, as I afterwards heard, our mother having been of gypsy race, it will account for much of the innate wildness there was in his nature. I was wild enough, but Gabrielle was much wilder. Nothing would induce him to put on shoes and stockings except on Sundays when he also allowed his hair to be combed, but only by me. How shall I describe the grace of that lovely mouth shaped virily? I always think of the text in Palms, Grace is shed forth on thy lips, therefore has God blessed thee eternally. Lips that seem to exhale the very breath of life. Then that beautiful lithe living elastic form. Jim's like, what the hell does that mean? That's a lot of words <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, she's describing his face. Yes. Okay. Yes. He could run faster than any deer, like a squirrel to the topmost branch of a tree. 
He might have stood for the sign and symbol of vitality itself, but seldom could he be induced by Mademoiselle Vernat. I can't say her name. I'm just going to say Mademoiselle. Okay. (laughs) To learn lessons. But when he did so, he learnt with extraordinary quickness. He would play upon every conceivable instrument, holding a violin here, there, and everywhere, except the right place, manufacturing instruments for himself out of reeds, even sticks. Mademoiselle made futile efforts to induce him to learn to play the piano. I suppose he was what was called spoiled, though merely in the superficial sense of the word, our father allowed him to indulge in every caprice. One of his peculiarities, I can't even say it, but that's close enough, when, when quite a little child was horror at the sight of meat. Nothing on earth would induce him to taste it. Another thing which was particularly remarkable about him was his extraordinary power over animals. Everything seemed to come tame to his hand. Birds would sit on his shoulder. Then sometimes Mademoiselle and I would lose him in the woods. He would suddenly dart away. Then we would find him singing softly or whistling to himself with all matter, manner of woodland creatures around him. He's Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> Hedgehogs, little foxes, wild rabbits, squirrels, and such. He would frequently b- bring these things home with him and insist on keeping them. So that's why she oh, she okay. does what she does. She doesn't have the power. She doesn't have that the uh, power to bring in squirrels and hedgehogs. Or, <laughs> so she just brings in uh, and cats, cats and dogs. And yeah. Stray dogs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he chose to live in a little, little room at the top of the turret, but which instead of going upstairs, <clears throat> he chose to reach by means of a very tall chestnut tree through the window. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, why not? But in contradiction of all his, it was his custom to serve every Sunday mass in the parish church with hair nicely combed and with white surplice and red cassette. He looked as demure and tamed as possible. Then came the element of the divine. What an expression of ecstasy there was in those glorious eyes. So she was deeply in love with her brother. I mean, she. I say she sounds a little obsessed. Uh, is it? Do, do you up to this point? Do you feel like it's 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 the it's the sibling love, or do you feel like there was more to no, it? No, than... I think it's just sibling love. Okay. It, it, yeah. Because <clears throat> he is much younger than her, right? I think a year, a year different. Yes, I think oh. it I was. It wasn't much because she didn't remember her. Okay. Her mom. Her mom. Yeah. So she was very young when her mom passed away, and he was only a year old. So, <clears throat> Okay, thus far I have not been speaking about the vampire. However, let me begin with my narrative at last. One day, my father had to go to the neighboring town, as he frequently had. This time he returned accompanied by a guest. The gentleman, he said, had missed his train through the late arrival of another at our station, which was a junction. And he would therefore, as trains were not frequent in our parts, have had to wait there all night. He had joined in conversation with my father in the two late arriving trains from the town and had consequently accepted my father's invitation to stay the night at our house. But of course you know, in those out-of-the-way parts, we were almost patriotical in our hospitality. 
He was announced under the name of Count Vardalak. The name being Hungarian. Oh, <laughs> you see where that's going. But he spoke well, or he spoke German well enough, not with the monotos accentuation of Hungarians, but rather, if anything, with a slight Slovakian intonation. His voice was peculiarly soft and insinuating. We soon afterwards found that he could talk Polish, and Mademoiselle vouched for his good French. So he spoke a lot of languages. And did he seem to know all languages, but let me give my first impressions. He was rather tall, with fair wavy hair, rather long, which accentuated a certain eff- I can't say it. A certain effeminacy about his smooth face. I need your little. I know you need my little thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. <laughs> his figure had something I cannot say what serpentine about it. The features were refined, and he had long, slender, subtle, magnetic-looking hands, a somewhat long, sinuous nose, a graceful mouth, and an attractive smile, which belied the intense sadness of the expression of his eyes. When he arrived, his eyes were half-closed. Indeed, they were habitually. He's stoned. (laughs) (laughs) So that I could not decide their color. He looked worn and wearied. I could not possibly guess his age. Suddenly, Gabrielle burst into the room. A yellow butterfly was clinging to his hair. He was carrying in his arms a little squirrel. Of course, he was bare-legged as usual. The stranger looked up at his approach. Then I noticed his eyes. They were green. They seemed to dilate and grow larger. Gabrielle stood stock still with a startled look like that of a bird fascinated by a serpent. But nevertheless, he held held out his hand to the newcomer, Vardalak. Taking his hand, I don't know why I noticed the trivial thing, pressed the pulse with his forefinger. Suddenly, Gabrielle darted from the room and rushed upstairs. Not using the tree, but use the stairs. Mm. He checked his pulse. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) going to his turret room, this time by the staircase instead of the tree. I was in terror what the Count might think of him. Great was my relief when he came down in his velvet Sunday suit, in shoes and stockings. I, com- I combed his hair and set him generally, generally right. When the stranger came down to dinner, his appearance had somewhat altered. He looked much younger. There was an elasticity in the skin, combined with a delicate complexion, rarely to be found in a man, before he had stuck me as being very pale. Well, at dinner, we all charmed with him, especially my father. He seemed to be thoroughly acquainted with all my father's particular hobbies. Once when my father was relating some of his military experiences, he said something about a drummer boy who was wounded in battle. His eyes opened completely again and dilated, this time with a particularly disagreeable expression, dull and dead, yet at the same time animated by some horrible excitement. But this was only momentarily. The chief subject of his conversation with my father was about certain curious 
mystical books which my father had just lately picked up, in which he could not make out, but Vardalak seemed completely to understand. At, des at dessert time, my father asked him if he were in a great hurry to reach his destination. If not, would he not stay with us a little while? Though our place was out of the way, he would find much that would interest him in the library. He answered, I am in no hurry. I have no particular reason for going to that place at all. And if I can be of service to you in deciphering these books, I shall be only too glad. He added with a smile, which was bitter, very, very bitter. You see, I am a cosmopolitan, a wanderer on the face of the earth. After dinner, my father asked him if he played the piano. He said, yes, I can a little, and he sat down at the piano. Then he played a Hungarian song, wild, <laughs> rhapsodic, wonderful. That is the music which makes men mad, he went on in the same strain. Gabriel stood stock still by the piano, his eyes dilated and fixed, his form quivering. At last he said very slowly at one particular motive, for one of a better word, you may call it the relock of a casardus, by which I mean that point where the original quasi-slow movement begins again. Yes, I think I could play that. Then he quickly fetched his fiddle and self-made xylophone and did. Actually, alternating the instruments rendered the same very well indeed. Vanderlack looked at him and said in a very sad voice, Poor child, you have the soul of music within you. I could not understand why he should seem to commiserate instead of congratulate Gabrielle on what certainly showed an extraordinary, extraordinary talent. Gabrielle was shy, even as the wild animals who were tame to him. Never before had he taken to a stranger. Indeed, as a rule, if any stranger came to the house by any chance, he would hide himself. And I had to bring him up his food to the turret chamber. Yeah, you may also imagine what my surprise when I saw him walking about hand in hand with Bartolok the next morning, in the garden, talking lively with him and showing him his collection of pet animals, which he had gathered from the woods and for which he had to fit up a regular zoological garden. Mm -hmm. He seemed utterly under the domination of Bartolok. What surprised us was for otherwise... We liked the stranger, especially for being kind to him, that he seemed, though not noticeably at first, except perhaps to me, who noticed everything with regard to him, to be gradually losing his general health and vitality. He did not become pale as yet, but there was a certain longer about his movements, which certainly, certainly there was by no means before. And she's talking about her brother. Right. My father got more and more devoted to Count Vardalak. He helped him in his studies, and my father would hardly allow him to go away, which he did sometimes to Trist. He said he always came back bringing us presents of strange oriental jewelry or textures. I knew all kinds of people came to Trist, orientals included. Still, there was a strangeness and magnific magnificence about these things which I was sure even then could not possibly have come from such a place as Trist. Memorable to my 
to me chiefly for its necktie shops. So she she's questioning that this stuff actually came from the place he said he went. Right. When the Count was away, Gabriel was continually asking for him and talking about him. Then at the same time, he seemed to regain his own vi- old vitality and spirits. The Count always returned looking much older, wan and weary. Gabriel would rush to meet him and kiss him on the mouth. Then he gave a slight shiver and after a little while began to look quite young again. Things continued like this for some time. My father would not hear of the Count going away permanently. He came to be an inmate of our house. I, indeed, and Mademoiselle also, could not help noticing what a difference there was altogether about Gabrielle. But my father seemed totally blind to it. One night I had gone downstairs to fetch something, which I had left in the drawing room. As I... As I was going up again, I passed the Count's room. He was playing on his piano, which which had been specifically put there for him. Very beautifully, I stopped leaning on the banister to listen. Something white appeared on the dark staircase. We believed in ghosts in our part. I was transfixed with terror and clung to the balusters. What was my astonishment to see Gabriel walking slowly down the staircase, his eyes fixed as though in a trance. This terrified me even more than a ghost would. Could I believe my senses? Could that be Gabriel? I simply could not move. Gabriel, clad in his long white night shirt, came downstairs and opened the door. He left it open. The Count still continued playing, but talked as he played. He said this time, speaking in Polish, which I don't know what it says in Polish, <laughs> My darling, I fain would spare thee, but thy life is my life, and I must live. I who would rather die, will God not have mercy on me? Oh, oh, life, oh, the torture of life. Here he struck one agonized and strange chord, then continued playing softly. Oh, Gabriel, my beloved, my life, yes, life, oh, why life? I am sure this is but a little that I demand of thee. Sorely thy superabundance of life can spare little to one who is already dead. No stay, he said now almost harshly. What must be, must be. Gabrielle stood there quiet, quite still with the same fixed vacant expression in the room. He was evidently walking in his sleep. The Count played on and said, Ah, what a sign of terrible agony. Then very gently, go now, Gabrielle. It is enough. And Gabrielle went on out of the room and ascended the staircase at the same slow pace with the same unconscious stare. The Count st- struck the piano, and although he did not play loudly, it seemed as though the string strings would break. You never heard music so strange and so heartrending. I only know I was found by Mademoiselle in the morning in an unconscious state at the foot of the stairs. Was it a dream after all? I am sure now that it was not. I thought that it might be and said nothing to anyone about it. Indeed, what could I say? Well, let me cut a long story short. (laughs) (laughs) Gabrielle, who had never known a moment's sickness in his life, grew ill. 
and we had to send for a doctor who could give no explanation of Gabrielle's strange illness. Gradually wasting away, he said, absolutely no or organic complaint. What could this mean? My father at last became conscious of the fact that Gabrielle was ill. His anxiety was fearful. The last trace of gray faded from his hair and it became, became quite white. We sent to Vienna for doctors, but all with the same result. Gabrielle was generally unconscious, and when conscious, only seemed to recognize the Count, who sat continually by his bedside, nursing him with the utmost tenderness. One day I was alone in the room, and the Count cried suddenly, almost fiercely, "'Send for a priest at once,' he repeated. "'It is now almost too late.' Gabrielle stretched out his arms, spasmodically, and put them around the Count's neck. This was the only movement he had made for some time. The Count bent down and kissed him on the lips. I rushed downstairs, and the priest was sent for. When I came back, the Count was not there. The priest administered extreme unction. I think Gabrielle was already dead, although we did not think so at the time. The Count had utterly disappeared, and when we looked for him, he was nowhere to be found nor have I seen or heard of him since. My father died very soon afterwards, suddenly aged and bent down with grief. And so for the whole of the, Ron the Ron Ronsky property came into my sole possession, and here I am, an old woman, generally laughed at for keeping in memory of Gabrielle, an asylum for stray animals, and people do not, as a rule, believe in vampires. And that's the story. <laughs> so he sucked the life out of the kid. Like slowly. Mm -hmm. So he was, yeah. Ew. What do you think? Golden J. You all right? <laughs> Are they, is somebody <laughs> sucking the life out of you? <laughs> Just by a story? Why, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no sucking going on here at all. <laughs> um, wow. That makes you think. So, you had me through the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You had me through the whole story. Good. But, man, my mind was going 20 different ways. Yeah. <laughs> there, mm, there was no actual blood lust. There was no biting and taking the life. That's where I thought was originally where we started with the story with a vampire and, and, and killing her brother and her dad. Then I thought maybe we were going to go with the fact that she was a vampire and that she was collecting these animals to feed on. And uh, then I thought, well, maybe the brother is still roaming around out there as a vampire. And so I, I was all over the place <laughs> in this story. I'm not going to lie. Well, okay. Go ahead. No, you're up. <laughs> oh, were you done? I think so. <laughs> oh, I was just still processing. Uh, yeah, I am too. Uh, it's like when at first I was like, okay, this kid is G Gabriel. 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 He had powers over animals. He had, you know, he was a good looking kid. He could play instruments. I thought maybe. The Count was his actual dad. 
And that's I that's kind of maybe what I thought behind there too. You know, yeah. They both didn't know their mother. I mean, you know, you don't know. I don't. I don't. She doesn't know. But, you know, her right. father died, and but uh, but yeah, I just thought it was a very interesting story, and um, as far as I know, it is true and written by the the girl as an you know as an adult. And, wow. So so who wrote it? Um. We well, gotta, we gotta definitely give props where props are due at this point. So, th- this says Eric Stenbach is the one that um, actually put it in a book. Okay. Um, but what did I say her name was? I think it only mentioned it one time in here. It's like in the <clears> beginning, <throat> I believe. Yeah, uh, I don't even know that they did. She mention what her dad's name was? No. No, she did not. But we know Carmella. her. Carmella. Carmella yep. was her name. We know her brother's name. <laughs> and this, you know, it, it's called The True Story of a Vampire. So, and I just thought, you know, reading it, I kind of really liked it and thought it was a good story. So, it was a good story. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, Everybody has different stories on vampires, you know. Um, some say they suck blood, and some people say that they suck life. So I 100% could see that as he's taking the life to sustain his, a young life to sustain his. And But I still think that was his son. Yeah, I... Kissing him on the lips and stuff? Yeah, that's his kid. <laughs> I especially love the part where he's playing the piano and talking to him. Yeah. And... Telling him how very sorry he is that this is how it has to be, and yeah. you know, so I wouldn't think a vampire would be like feel remorse over sucking somebody's life I th- out of them. I th- I actually think that unless it was their kid, he. <laughs> I actually think that the count was ready. He wanted to die, but he can't die. You know what I mean? Oh, I think yeah. that played a lot into it. So, oh, that's another. Do you see the smoke coming out of Golden Jay's ears? It's true. Because, I mean, what what did it say? I mean, because it did say. No, actually, I was thinking through that whole thing. It's like, man, I need to get her hooked up to start, like, doing audio books and shit, you know. Yeah, on... <laughs> yeah have a coffee with her, fit. With her sexy call yeah, lady voice. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So if it says, oh, Gabrielle, my beloved, my life, yes, life, oh, why life? I am sure this is but a little that I demand of thee, so... Sorely, thy superabundance of life can spare little to one who is already dead. No yep. stay, he said no, almost harshly, harshly. What must be, must be. So I, I honestly think that, you know, he knows he's dead and he wished that he didn't have to do that to him. Because there was a connection there between him and the boy. Right, right. Yeah, he actually truly cared for the boy. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when he, it, it, it had already started when he came running into the house and he, he held his hand. I mean, that, that, that process had already started and it was no stopping it at that point. Right. Huh. Well. I know. Not- <laughs> we're, we're both like. <laughs> we're, I mean, I'm, I'm so, I can't even talk. I'm still processing this. <laughs> 
We want to know what you think. The United States of Paranormal at gmail.com. What did you think of that? Uh, what's your What's your interpretation of that story? That was good. Thank you. I like that one. Thank you. Yeah. It's I, I had a really hard time trying to find a vampire to do a story on. Mm-hmm. And um, Jeremy had given me some ideas, but it's just like the more and more I looked, it's like this is... And that was different. Yeah, absolutely. I liked it. It's for Vantober. Huh? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. for Vantober. <laughs> <laughs> and he was a count. He was. And they were in Hungary. Or they he was from Syria, Hungary. Yeah. He was from Hungary. They were in Syria. But I think that's all general I'm in that look, area. Yeah, yeah. That we up. might need to get a map out here. Oh, shit. <laughs> so we know what well, the hell we're talking about. I just, we're uh, about. Well, everyone, well, most of the time we're, we stay within the United States. So this is just a special, this is a special month. So to, pa- to stamp that passport and head off to uh, Hungary or uh, uh, Syria, Syria is, is perfectly fine. I mean, we did go drinking in New Orleans uh, a couple weeks ago. So. True. Yes. <laughs> we were going drinking. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to uh, spend the rest of my evening um, contemplating all of that that story. It was it was really really good. It yeah. was good. You told it very very well. Thank you. Yeah. I didn't change much. I just changed some words that I. <laughs> yeah. That couldn't say. So. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Be all that's good. Okay. But it was a story by Eric. What was it? Uh, Sten Stenbach. And he's the one that put it into print. Correct. And Carmela was the original penned author on that story. Correct. Yeah. Okay. That that came from. I mean, could it have been words. like her writing like a letter or a memoir or something and? He got his hands on it somehow. Could I, be. Did we have a year on that? Was there a year in any of that? I stuff? didn't print okay. anything out like that. But uh, well, you remember in last in last week's story about the the Bathany, the Countess. Uh, they were. I did talk about a lot of the letters and stuff that they found mm-hmm. um, later on, which you know, kind of exposed her. So maybe. Maybe that's something that falls into that line. If it was an older older story like that. That, you know, maybe she just pinned it and had it in a, a box or something to come up with. And if you think about it, back way back then, they didn't have any type of medicine for illnesses. So he could have been going around to all these towns and sucking the life cities out of and yeah. whatever and sucking the lives out of children. And, and they're just like, oh, I don't know. He had an illness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, exactly. Huh. Just go from town to town, but he was the, the he was there for quite a long time though. Yeah. Oh yeah. Why was the dad so obsessed with him though? Because they enjoyed the same things. I mean, he didn't have beside the Mademoiselle that took care of the kids. He right. really didn't have any other adults to and that to chat with. To that chat with. probably was how the count got his foot in the door. Was oh you like this oh so do I yeah. and we got a lot in common we'll be best friends yeah yeah all right yeah I'm gonna think about that one for a while that's really really good okay well hey listeners thank you for uh, 
taking the time and jumping on here and listen to uh, the United States of Paranormal. Don't forget, it is Vamtober. We have some great merchandise on the website, theunitedstatesofparanormal.com, and it is limited edition for Vamtober. So uh, October 31st, it uh, is going away. So get out there, check it out. You know, order order something. Help us out. Uh, we would greatly appreciate it. We do have some beanies and posters, some uh, wine glasses and T-shirts, and, of course, a fleece zip-up hoodie. <laughs> and that yeah. thing is badass. Keep you warm because yeah. it's going to start getting it's cold. It's going to start getting cold, and you're going to need to stay warm. Watch out for the Wendigo. Shh, <laughs> shh. Well, remember, always wear your uh, United States Paranormal Vamtober uh, fleece hoodie when you get abducted by aliens. <laughs> hey, 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 now, 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 now. But if you get something, as you should, you need to post it and let us see it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, go check it out and then send us a, buy something and then send us a picture. Yeah. Either drinking out of the cup or wearing it. Or, yeah. yeah. Preferably not blood, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whatever whatever floats your boat. But Bloody Marys. Yeah. That'll work. Ooh. See? You can't have a little blood in your drink. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and don't forget, uh, I'm still looking for, uh, you know, audio clips of your spooky story. I know we haven't really talked about it here in the last couple of weeks, but uh, we're still looking for some. And we would love to have them so we can do an episode just on our listeners' actual stories. So grab your iPhone, grab your uh, Galaxy, record it. Uh, just It doesn't have to be uh, amazingly professional or anything. Just record it and email it to the United States Paranormal at gmail.com. Please and, do uh, it. I'm going to have the girls listen, and we're going to talk about each story. And, yeah. I would just I still need a, a few more stories. So come on, guys. Help me out here. Send us your personal haunting stories. They don't have to be super long. It'll be okay. Don't be shy. Don't be anxious. It'll be amazing. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, anything else, girls? Don't think so. Don't think so either. No? All right. Well, let's get on out of here. Thank you for checking us out. And... uh Keep it spooky. And I'll see you on the other side. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to The United States of Paranormal. Check us out at theunitedstatesofparanormal.com or at any other of our social media pages. At Twitter, at T-O-S-O-P-P-O-D. At Instagram, at the United States of Paranormal or Facebook at the United States of Paranormal or YouTube at the United States of Paranormal 1795. Please check out our other podcasts in the Golden Mojo Entertainment Network. The Call Guys, Golden Image Podcast, Indiana Chiefs Fans, The Golden 80s, Murd Nerds, and A Court of Books and Booze. And... If you have a location you would like us to check into or a creepy story that you would love to tell us, please email us at theunitedstatesofparanormal@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Please like, rate, and subscribe 
wherever you listen.